The American Truck Driver Podcast, Episode 31. What do you do when your worst day happens? Well, I've been there. I got a text last night uh, that included a link to a GoFundMe account. And it was from a guy that uh, I guess I really can't say that I know. We were in orientation together back in 2014 when I went to Landstar. And uh, so I recognized his name, and I guess we must have exchanged phone numbers. And uh, it was like, you know, please share, donate to my GoFundMe. So I, I look at it, and, and I read through it. And, um, you know, it's a story not unlike my own. Um, he's been a driver for 20 years. He uh, dreamed of being his own boss. So he took the plunge, opened his own tr- uh, company. If I remember right... If he's who I'm thinking of, he had just paid a truck off after leasing it from a carrier and then took it to Landstar. And he says, uh, <clears throat> with with one truck, a 2007 with a million miles, I knew it wouldn't be easy. Uh, the plan was to work hard, buy another truck. Finally, that happened. He bought a 2013, and that's when the trouble started. The truck turned out to be a lemon. It needed several thousand dollars in repair. It says 7000 after draining my savings to make it roadworthy, I lost the truck back to the lender before I even got to use it. I started driving the old truck, spent and borrowed all I could to keep it running. The latest breakdown bill came in four times what the estimate was. Now I'm stuck 500 miles from home. The mechanic has stopped working on the truck until I can guarantee payment. I never thought I would end up in a situation like this, but here I am. So please, if you know if you have any amount of help. Um, so I texted the guy. And, and I said, hey, man, I, I just want you to know I've been there. Um, I, I understand the frustration, the fear um, that, you're, that you're dealing with. Um, you know, obviously I don't have any money to give you because uh, I'm still, you know, rebuilding my own life. But I, but I wanted him to know, you know, there's no shame in, in backing up and, and, and punt, you know, um, I ran so close to the edge, really from 2011, when I leased the first truck from Anderson. You know, I had two years there where I didn't have any major problems, and I was making good money, and I was learning and learning and learning and learning. Um, and then I also ended up with a 2013 model truck that broke me. And uh, so I jumped in. I mean, it's crazy. You know, he's got a 2013 truck that he lost, and he's got a 2007 truck he's trying to keep together. That's exactly what I did. You know, I had a 2013 model truck that I couldn't keep out of the shop. I'll go and buy a 2007, you know, and I'm and I'm starting from nothing, and, and I'm learning as I go about a 20, you know, point, 
paying the twenty two ninety uh, Fed Hut, uh, you know, getting the insurance, bob t- the bobtail engine, all the stuff that the carrier that I was leased leasing a truck from, they did all that for me. And so when I want to go to Landstar and I've, I've found this truck and I'm trying to get it going, and I'm learning all this stuff on the fly. But I never, ever had control of my spending, and I never had a savings plan. And, But I, what I did have was work ethic. And, man, I would work and run, and I was really, really good at making revenue. I just couldn't keep it. And, you know, and that was a personal problem and a business problem at the same time. So I feel bad for this guy. I mean, I... I, I it, it you know it makes me think back to um, that constant fear that I lived with. That you know, what if this truck breaks? And, and I I made the joke one time that um, you know, you can sum up being an owner operator with, you know, you're sitting somewhere, and you're like, oh my God, what's that smell? And then you realize it's the truck beside you. Okay, it's not my truck. Let's go. Shove it in gear and take off. But I don't know if oblivious or ignorant is is the right way to characterize it. But I, for that first three or four years, you know, I would encounter a problem and I'd work through it. And I'd, another problem, speed bumps along the way, and I'd, and I'd work through it and I'd figure out a way to get going. And it really wasn't until after the motor broke and, you know, and I have this basically angel investor that, you know, just sends me a $24,000 check in the mail, that the fear really started to set in there. I had felt it before, um, but I, I was I was one breakdown away from, you know, bankruptcy and destruction. And I was just I just never could get the ship turned in the right direction. You know, and I I look back now and it was my fault. There there was nobody else to blame. I, I couldn't blame the carrier, I couldn't blame, you know, Freightliner or the or the the shops or the market or the government or whoever I wanted to blame it was it was me and so you know I didn't say that to this guy but I know that he's been doing what I've been doing at least as long as I've been doing it and uh you know it's sad but that's the fact of life you know we 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 have to be in control and we have to make the necessary sacrifices and plans if you're going to be successful in business and it is it's so comforting working for a guy now that i know not only has the means that if something breaks on this truck he doesn't have to worry where the money's going to come from he has the money he has, he told me the other day, he said, you know, he knows that he's going to spend 15 cents a mile on this truck in a year. 
And, you know, so let me grab my calculator here. So 15 cents a mile, let's say I run 125,000 miles, probably going to run more than that. That's $18,000. So he knows he's going to spend $20,000 a year on this truck. He just doesn't know when. Um, and, and that's the difference. It, when you have the money saved beforehand and you know it's coming, you just don't know when, you just fix it. You fix it, you write the check, you, you you try to, you know, do your best to either catch it preventatively and, and get it ahead of time. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's going to creep up on you and you're nowhere near a truck stop, you're nowhere near a shop, you don't have people you can trust, um, you know, and, you, you know, you don't know, if is this, is this person competent enough to fix my truck? Are they going to rip me off? Are they going to put bad parts on? Are they going to find the problem? Are they going to overcharge me? All this stuff you've got to deal with. Um, I'll tell you, you know, I had an issue with this truck on my way home. Um, if you follow the Facebook page, you saw that uh, this weekend my daughter played in a fiddle contest. And her teacher wasn't able to come, so I had to play uh, acoustic guitar to back her up. And, uh, and it was great. She finished second and uh, and got a check, and she was thrilled about that. But I'm on my way home Thursday night, and I'm driving along. I'm in upstate New York, western New York on 86. And, you know, I've got 75 miles to the truck stop where I'm going to take a shower, take a 10-hour break, and then I'll be home, you know, the next afternoon. And... I just noticed that the sound of my engine changed. I had I was playing an audio book and I paused the book and I looked and I saw my low air warning light was on and the buzzer was going and the way my steering wheel sets I can't see the secondary air gauge so I had to like move my head and I look over there and I'm like less than 60 pounds on that secondary tank and I'm like oh god and so it all all that emotion you know all that that anxiety comes in it's like oh okay what am I going to do I got to figure this out have to be home I cannot sit all weekend you know waiting on somebody to fix something got to be home I have to support my daughter so I pull over on the shoulder I look around with a flashlight can't see anything so I call my boss and I'm like, hey, bro, got a problem. And so I start going through that knowledge bank that I've built over the years. Uh, so much stuff about trucks that I've just learned along the way. And I know that on a Series 60 14-liter Detroit with a variable geometry turbo, it has a component called a V-Pod. And this V-Pod uses air pressure, um, I, I guess, to operate the turbo. And so I thought in my mind, all right, there's, there's one place that I know for sure that air pressure meets engine performance. So I know my air pressure's down. I know my truck's not running right. I've got a major loss of power. It's still running, but it don't have any guts. So I'm a mile from a truck stop. I pull off. I pull up to the fuel aisle and get as much light as I can. I grab my headlight, my flashlight, 
and uh, I crawl under the truck and I hear the air on the passenger side. The V-pod is mounted to the transmission on the passenger side. And I crawl under there and I, as soon as I look up, there it is. Now, fortunately, the line wasn't busted. It just came loose. We had a V-pod put on this truck when I first got in it uh, back in late March. And the guy didn't put any Teflon tape on it. And it just worked its way loose, vibrated over time. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I can fix this. I grab my toolbox, crawl back under the truck, figure out what size wrench I need. And, uh, you know, I worked around to, to, to get it started and uh, get it as tight as I could with my fingers. And I put the wrench on it to get it tight. Good to go. And, of course, we've got a, a rear main seal leaking on this truck. So there's freaking oil everywhere. So I'm covered in black all my arms and, and fingers but i got it fixed trucks running only took me about 20 minutes uh and i was back on the road now had i not had a basic understanding of how my truck works now i can't tell you what the v-pod does and why it does it i really don't have a clue but at least i know that it's there I know what that component is. I know what it's connected to. I know it operates off of air pressure, and it somehow works with a turbo. You know, that's information that I picked up from paying attention and understanding at least what the different components on the truck are and where they're located. So, you know, I probably saved my boss six to eight hundred dollars because if we'd have had to call somebody from ta 75 miles away uh and, and and if i didn't know where to start looking you know who knows if the ta mechanic's going to know i mean it, it could have been a really expensive um problem and and could have even cost me a weekend so thankfully i had the experience to know kind of where to look and i had some tools and I was able to fix it. Now, obviously, I'm not going to say that company drivers, you know, should should know how to work on their trucks and, you know, be able to try to fix stuff on the side of the road. You know, it's probably not going to work well if you're driving for Swift or, or whoever. But you still should find a mechanic somewhere to walk you around and point stuff out to you. So you, at least you understand where the different components are on your truck and how they operate because, you know, it could be your own time. Let's say, for example, that this truck was owned by some big carrier, and but I had still had the same knowledge. And I'm able to tell the mechanic, hey, man, I know what the problem is. It's that V-pod, the lines come loose, and I don't have a wrench, you know. Now, imagine how dumb it is that somebody's got to drive 75 miles and probably pay seven or $800 because you don't have an 11 16th wrench on your truck and you can't tighten up an airline, right? Because that's essentially what we would have paid for. If I didn't have an 11 16th wrench and nowhere to look, we would have paid probably six to $800 for somebody to bring an 11 16th wrench, connect an airline, and tighten it. Um... You know, but it's stuff you can't, you can't really learn without experience. And so it's, it's, that's the difficulty of getting into this business. There's so much you just learn on the fly and, uh, you, and you're just not going to know it until you dive in there. But 
I wish, you know, probably from the beginning that I would have been more proactive of, of learning the components and stuff instead of having to learn it, you know, as it was breaking. Um, so how do we avoid that, that terrible day? You got to save. It, it, that's that's a general life principle, man. I mean, I, I'm just now, for the first time in my life, getting to where I can save money and not feel a need to spend it or think, oh, I've got to have, you know, this television or, or whatever. Um, we're going, and it's an American society issue. It's not specific to trucking. It, it's an America, man, we love to consume, we love to spend money. Uh, we love to spend money we don't have. We love to spend other people's money. Uh, but we're terrible, terrible, terrible at saving money. That's awful. So, we've got to do a better job at saving. And look, man, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. You know, it's it's hard for me, and I've got a great income. Um, there's always something popping up. You know, you know if you're married and you got kids and and the kids need this and they need that and and all this thing's happening and we got to spend money on that and uh i know how hard it is but let me promise you that i know it's a lot worse it's a lot lot worse to be sitting broke down on the side of the road somewhere with no hope that sucks a lot more than giving up something maybe it's fast food maybe it's soft drinks you know maybe it's you know if you're single maybe it's giving up partying there's something you're going to have to give up uh in order to be able to save that money to give you that safety net that you need i've I've looked back at the finances uh, on the time that i had my truck and man y'all it's just unexcusable uh the, the stupidity uh I'm going to go ahead and call it arrogance. It may not be the technical definition, you know, and, and totally accurate, but I think it's close enough. The arrogance that, well, I'm just going to be okay. It ain't going to happen to me, um, you know, because I'm always going to be able to to, to make enough money to, to cover the problem. Well, that it, that's probably the classic definition of arrogance. Um, because when you fall, you fall fast and hard, and it sucks. I don't want this to, you know, be a discouragement to keep you. If if you're listening to this and you want to be an owner operator, you want to get out and and experience um, everything that the market has to offer. I don't want you to be discouraged, but I do want you to be aware. And that's what this is about. Because um, th- this guy that sent me this GoFundMe, uh, I've been through it. I've seen other, you know, stories on Facebook. Uh, it sucks. And trust me, you don't want to experience that. It's horrible. Um, but, you know, there's a way to avoid it. And it's work hard, save money, cut spending. Get rid of frivolous stuff in your life that you don't need, that's not necessary, and um, you know, and go make it happen. But it's a, 
It's a bad, bad feeling. So, I've debated on whether or not to share the GoFundMe. I haven't decided yet. I mean, I've got an audience. I'm not really sure how big it really is because the Facebook statistics about how many people you've reached, I think, are a little dubious. Um, like I said, man, I, I feel for this guy. I, I really do. And um, I hope it works out for him. But, uh, you know, it's tough to do. I guess that'll do it for this episode. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, send me an email, anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com. The website is www.anamericantruckdriver.com. And we'll see you next time.